is in charge. Hi. Hi there, me, Kimba, a radio broadcast episode 14, The Vital Connection is Made. And this is sort of an extension uh, to episode 13, which was about theater of the mind. I had called a lot of those type of bits that I had done over the years and included a few in that last episode. And I also had a very special guest, Dave Corey, human extraordinaire. For timing reasons, I had to leave quite a few of these bits out. But what's bringing me round to them again is the connection that these types of breaks, bits, creativeness, theater of the mind, it's that kind of uh, connection that however you want to refer to it, it's that connection that it makes between the creator, the DJ and the listener. And the impetus for episode 13 was a comment by my friend Tim, that he had remembered an April Fool's break that I did where I was broadcasting from a concrete pipe. Then I was talking to another good friend telling him I was working on that last episode of Theater of the Mind. And he said, Oh, like your national tap dance day. And I I said, Yes, exactly. And the backstory to that is that pretty much every day is something. National Cheese Day, National Skip Around on One Foot Down the Street Day. Well, in May, it's National Tap Dance Day. And in honor, I would do every year a tap dance in the studio. Or did I? So the fact that he remembered it was already cool, that he remembered I did this tap dance every year. But then I told him, I said, well, I found several of them because I did it for quite a few years. And I said, but I only want to pick one to use. And he said, do you have the one where you almost fell? And I said, oh, my God, that's the one I picked. And I will play it before this podcast is over. But here's the significance of those two remembrances from Tim and from Rob. I've been on the air 33 years in South Florida. Breaks are what we refer to anytime you stop to chat for a bit. The, the real quickies that are in between songs, not so much, but when you kind of stop down to chat for a little longer, that's considered a break. So I'm not going to do the math because I'm in radio. <laughs> I can I can add time like nobody's business, but outside of that, it's all you. So figure out this word problem. 33 years on the air, anywhere from two to four breaks an hour. Uh, and then there were some specialty shows where I probably even stopped down a little bit more and did more breaks an hour. Then uh, anywhere from four to six hour shift. And then working anywhere from five to seven days a week, given the year. So without even doing the math for in 33 years, that's a lot of breaks. And to have one person who's not in radio remember one Monday night back in April of 1991, and another who is in radio, but has his own breaks to remember and remembers this tap dance break from May of 2005 is why I'm here. I mean, that's that is why I got into this creativity outlet for me. Sure. But my goal really was to make an impact to make people laugh to maybe take somebody's crappy day and turn their frown upside down. And maybe I sound like it's National Cheese Day today. But really, I love what I do so much. And I wanted you to love what I do so much. And the fact that almost 30 and 15 years respectively later, that something I did resonated and is remembered so distinctly is really all that and then some. And that's the connection that radio had and still has 
to some extent, but that interactiveness between the DJ and the listener is not nearly what it was. Social media is simply not the same, a different kind of thing, but it's, it doesn't, social media doesn't equal listeners. So that interaction is on a completely different plane. Listeners hear DJs still, but how many DJs hear listeners anymore? And it does matter. I mean, I've seen some instances where the listener is even now considered an afterthought when they are really the ultimate client. And a lot of that can be a direct result of the PPM rating system, which if you're so inclined, I detail what that means and what that's all about in episode seven of Me Kimba radio broadcast. There are also listeners who will remember things that you didn't do, but they attribute to you. Kimba, I remember when you got hit in the face with mud at Zetafest. Was not me. I know who it was, but it wasn't me. Kimba, I remember when you were on She. Nope, only Zeta. And uh, Kimba, I remember when you said you had lug nut body parts. Nope, again. I know who it was. It was someone who worked the same hours as I did on a different radio station. But no, there were a lot of these connections with listeners that I have to this day, really. And I'm hoping in an episode very soon to get a few of them onto the podcast vodcast. Dave Corey was on the last episode, and he was the person that I collaborated with to do these theater of the mind type bits the longest. And that said, over the years, I have enlisted the help of others. And that's another thing that I love so much about radio is there's so many people in this business that are willing to just uh, be nutty. (laughs) I wanted to give them a shout out for their contributions and give you more of an idea of what we were able to do. First up, a guy by the name of Bill Pronte. He started as an intern, and or at least I called him that, and one of the first things I asked him to do was this. This male interns was kind enough to bring me some of these faxes in for the lunch already. Where did you, how did you know where to find these, Bill? You, Kimba. I learned it by watching you. <laughs> oh. And if you don't know the reference, you can just search, I learned it from watching you. I got a call from a listener asking me how many times that we were going to play this particular song. And it immediately brought to mind another pop culture reference. So I went and asked Bill if he was able to do this voice. And he said yes. And I wrote it up and I attached it to the phone call. And solve request lunch. Hello. Like on average, how many times do you play the Pro Jam song? How many licks does it take to get to the center of a titty roll titty pot? I think for both of these, we should call Mr. Owl. Sure. Um, he seems to know the lollipop lick one. Right. You um, think he'd know the average of how many times we play the Pearl Jam song a day? I doubt it. No? No. Maybe we just ought to call him and find out for ourselves. Well, the last time we called him, he was a little ornery. Hello? Uh, Mr. Owl? Yes? <laughs> Hi, it's Kimba. Who? Kimba. Who? Kimba. Who? It's Kimba. God, I just love with you, DJ. <laughs> All right. That's very nice, potty mouth, Al. Uh, I was wondering, since you were of so much help to us before, if you could tell us how many times, on average, we will play the Pearl Jam song in a day. Why? Why must you call me and ask me? You know that I am retired. Well, you know, I thought you might just want to do this little... The Pop wasn't enough. Well, sure. I'm sorry? God... DJs, why don't you come on over here and I'll give you a good licking. 
<laughs> well, I guess the world will never know. Quite the foul owl he's become. I love that call. Love it. If you are not familiar with that pop culture reference, you can search, if you'd like, how many licks Tootsie Pop and see how close Bill came to sounding like Mr. Owl. And then the Clinton affair scandal broke and Barbara Walters had an interview with Monica Lewinsky. And this interview took place March 3rd, 1999. As I'm listening to her answers, I'm hearing a bit evolve. And Bill did a mean Stone Phillips impression. Now, Stone Phillips, if you don't know who that is, he was a TV anchor and co-hosted the original version of Dateline, which was a very different (laughs) format back in the day. I wrote questions for Bill slash Stone Voice uh, to ask about my relationship with Steven Tyler. And then I inserted Monica's answers. And and I thought the perfect time to air this interview would be while I was broadcasting live for the grand opening of the Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith from Walt Disney World. This was July 29th, 1999. I won't play the whole thing for you because it is pretty long. Here's a snippet. Let's go back. Let's go back to the first time you laid eyes on Steven Tyler. The first time I saw him, I mean, my my breath was taken away. I mean, he sort of stepped out onto the, the platform, and it was this man who was full of energy and sensuality and attractiveness. Well, you have had conversations with him on the phone. Kimbo, what do these conversations consist of? What do you and Steven Tyler talk about? I said, well, I think we'd be a good team. He said, well, what are we going to do when I'm 75 and have to pee 25 times a day? <laughs> Several of Aerosmith's concerts, you've, you've had confrontations with security. How did you handle that? It's with my hands on my hips. You are not the boss of me. While Aerosmith was in South Beach recording Nine Lives, uh, it was reported that you and several accomplices made off with Steven Tyler's underwear. We were manic. We were so afraid we were going to be arrested. And not knowing, we figured that the... um, that all the airports would be staked out. and Right. Uh, they probably brought in the feds on that one. Yeah, there were people who really actually thought it was me answering those questions, and that was the point, but it's still so fantastic. Like, You're lucky he hasn't had you arrested, Gimba. <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you very much, Stephen Tyler. <laughs> and thank you, Bill, for those treasures right there. And that was at, when I was at Zeta. And then when I went over to Coast, there was a production director named Kevin Powell. In 2011, Fifty Shades of Grey was all the rage. Specifically, Fifty Shades Darker was released in September of 2001, which coincided with Talk Like a Pirate Day. So I said to Kevin, hey, can you do a pirate voice? I know, I know Dave Corey also was Pirate Dave, but I was over at Coast now and Kevin was able to do an, a, a pirate voice, and I asked him if he would read an excerpt from the book. The heartbeat quickens, and my face flushes again. Why does he have such an unnerving effect on me? His overwhelming good looks, maybe? The way his eyes blaze at me? The way he strokes his index finger against his lower lip? I wish he'd stop doing that. And then not too long after that, 2012, <laughs> a cookbook came out. Fifty Shades of Chicken, if you remember that with the tied up bronzed cooked chicken on the cover. And I asked Kevin if he could do a Julia Child impression reading a recipe. Now take a hold of the chicken legs 
in both hands, using a vice-like grip, and lifting above your head, twisting the fowl into a frenzy, and then pin the fowl to the table using your lips. You'll want to keep a high heat until the juices run clear. The transformation from a raw, organic bird into something deliciously dark and forbidden. Bon appetit! <laughs> I love that. Finally, as I mentioned in the front of this podcast, I would do a tap dance every year for about six to eight years in honor of National Tap Dance Day. This is May 25th, 2005. Today happens to be National Tap Dance Day and busted out uh, the tap shoes. Yeah. Luckily, we have the, the wood floor here. I haven't done this probably since last National Tap Dance Day, but here I go. I got to move these down so you can hear the taps. And here we go. Almost fell. Big finish. <gasps> Woo! <laughs> well, uh, I should probably practice that a little bit before I come in and try to do that. Well, happy, happy National Tap Dance Day. Yes, National Tap Dance Day from 2005. One of the reasons I did it is because I love tap dancing. Used to take lessons as a kid. Gregory Hines, Saving Glover. Ooh, I was able to take something I loved and turn it into something creative on the air that it would turn out somebody else listening loved as well. Maybe more than one, hopefully. <laughs> but I am forever grateful, forever grateful that my breaks, somewhat crude or otherwise, have stuck with some of you for so long. And I mean, that's what makes all of this, the good, the bad, the ugly, the fired, <laughs> so worthwhile. Thanks again to Dave Corey and Bill Pronte and Kevin Powell and all of my cohorts in creativity. As always, there's the video version of Me Kimba Radio Broadcast. The vodcast can be found at youtube.com slash herkimba. Thank you for being one of Kimba's herd. Thanks for listening to Me Kimba Radio Broadcast, episode 14, The Vital Connection is Made. This Kimba's on the radio.